This is the We Talk Nerd Podcast. A podcast sponsored by PixelPubGaming.com. This podcast is about everything nerd covering games, movies, comics, and technology. Now, now it's time, time to, to get, get nerdy. nerdy. I'm your host, Brandon. Let go of my ego. I'm Andrew. New Coke, best Coke? I'm Rob. And I like strawberry, too. And this episode is not about any kind of food, even <laughs> though it definitely sounds like that. Um, so the only reason you would have got all those references is if you have watched Stranger Things. Um, specifically, if you watched the new season of Stranger Things, season three. Um, so go ahead and uh, go watch that if you haven't already. We'll be here when you get back. Uh, so yeah, anything past this point is going to be uh, spoiler territory. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so f- fair warning right now. If you have not seen it, and you'd be maybe alone in that because Netflix put out today that 40 million people have watched Stranger Things. It's their fastest, like, the, it was the show that's been like watched the fastest in a short amount of time. It's their number one show that they have, yeah. which kind of is crazy because I keep hearing The Office is really popular on there, but apparently not. I think it gets a lot of views. Sure. Wow. But I think this was like, there's so many people watched it within the release window, like when it came out, like so quickly, higher than anything else. Yeah, I think it was and, 40 million people had have watched the show and over half have watched all of the show, which is pretty crazy considering it hasn't even been out a week yet. Right. And, at the time uh, of recording. Right, right. And uh, I think there was something else, another t- statistics I saw that people who have canceled their Netflix, uh, the ones who re-up their Netflix, this is what they're watching as soon as they re-up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good stuff. So, spoilers, setting spoilers. sale, no. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about, you know, does it hold up? And what did up? we think? Yeah. Did it deserve a third? Did it deserve a third or does it deserve a fourth? <gasps> So which so which camp would you say, would you say you're in? Is it first season is the best season, or did you appreciate the world expanding in season two more? Mm, that is a mm, that's a hard question. Um, you know, I think season two. I like I like season two more than season one. I kind of every every season kind of grows on me. Mm-hmm. But definitely, yeah. that first season is definitely a classic for sure. Yeah, I think I'd always go back to season one um, as my preference over two. But um, I'll give a little spoiler. I think season three might be the best season. It's good. I, I'm a big fan of world building. So whenever they do a lot of world building stuff, that tends to be my favorite part. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but like, I don't know. When I watched this one, even though I didn't grow up in this time period, there was like just kind of like the setting because it kind of had that 90s vibe a little bit too. So I got a lot of, a lot of nostalgia from watching it. Yeah, I think they're placing this in, what, 1985? The summer of 85, yep. Summer of 85, which I would have been a a pretty young kid at that point. Um, I was was alive at that point, so I'm kind of dating myself. But uh, (laughs) I would have been been quite a bit younger than these guys. These these would be um, much older than me. Um, But I can certainly see the inspirations and the influences of the things that they talk about, you know, the, and I love how these seasons are always kind of themed around holidays. Mm-hmm. First one was around Christmas. Um, you know, this one, uh, or the second season was, uh, your, uh, Halloween. 
Mm-hmm. And this one is, of course, 4th of July, and it launched yeah, on 4th summer. of July. Yeah, it was really cool. Really cool. Do they use those uh, aesthetics very well where you can oh, see? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's summer at the pool, at the community right. pool. Yeah, there's right. community you know, pool. Everybody's at the a, mall. Everyone's. They had a new mall open up, and it, yeah. it is as 80s as it gets. Oh, um, yes. And I don't want to give away personal information about you, but you're not too... You live somewhat close to where they filmed this. I wouldn't say like you, you're close. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. It was filmed I'm, in that, that like area. Yeah, it was filmed in Duluth, Georgia at uh, kind of a rundown empty mall uh they right. rented i've definitely figured that's what they did yeah but yeah they they are at the mall for a good part of it the star court the star court <laughs> it's got all the neon glow all the purple and the the blue hazes everywhere so you kind of got that like that uh, vaporware mm-hmm. aesthetics going on it's got a sam goody yep which is sam a place goody. where you should go and buy oh. physical tapes and cds and that's before right. that records <laughs> If you I think they even had some. Uh, time. Didn't they have like some news, like news scenes in it as well? Oh sure, sure. Like the old, like it had like the old television news scene. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was cool. Yeah, there was a lot of throwbacks to you know how things used to be back then. I mean, no one's got cell phones. People, you know, uh, Dusty uh, comes back from uh, summer camp. You know, he keeps going off to these different camps, and he comes back from this one where uh, he went to uh, ham radio camp. And he's uh, ready to start talking uh, across the world, right? Uh, from and he builds Cerebro. And Cerebro, right? <laughs> Cerebro. Yeah. yeah, so he's going to talk. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great callback. But he's, um, he's going to talk uh, to his girlfriend, Susie, who is back from camp. And the recurring theme throughout the series is, is Susie real, right? So the is whole, Susie like, real? Girlfriend you met at camp, <laughs> and you can't talk to her because she lives so far away. She lives in another state. You don't know her. She goes to a different school. Yeah, she's really cool and she's beautiful. You don't know her, though. She lives in another state. <laughs> Just like the internet. Yeah, exactly. It's all good. Like the internet. Except with ham radios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts off very, uh, you know, very, um, I don't know, it's your typical kind of like feel-good summer movie. And then right. it turns into the horror show that it is. Certainly. Yeah, it, it brings you right back to the characters. In fact, it starts right off with... Uh, kids being kids and sneaking kids in to go watch a movie, kids. right? <laughs> uh, so they start off uh, visiting. So the kids are there minus Dustin because he's not back from camp yet. And um, it's all the ones from the previous year. It's uh, Will, Lucas, uh, Mike, and Max, and uh, and Eleven. And they're uh, sneaking into the movie to watch, uh, uh, what was it? Dawn of the, the Dead? Dawn of the Dead, Dead right. Um, which is, you know, just a classic of that time. So it was pretty, pretty great to see. But the way they sneak in is now that Steve is a, a big, big dog at the ice cream scoops shop. Ahoy. <laughs> yeah, at scoops ahoy. Yeah, scoops ahoy. He can let them into the uh, to the back alley so they can sneak into the movie theater. It's it's absolutely great and uh, a lot of nostalgia there about just you know being a kid in a mall, you know, at that mm-hmm. time. The Scoops Ahoy. I can't get rid of that. That's going to be my new screen name for everything. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastic uh, show. The best part is, is he wears his uniform for the entirety of the season. Yeah, he is never not once in his Scoops Ahoy <laughs> costume. He takes the hat off, though, in, in episode one. He does. He does. never goes he got, back you know, on. He's got a little yeah, sailor of course, cap. He's the hair um, guy. So. Right. So we're joined um, in this episode uh, by um, 
Robin, who's played by Maya Hawk, um, who has very famous parents. Did you yeah, know who her parents are? I've seen are? that. Yeah. yeah, it's uh Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawk's kid. Oh. So the bride from um No Kill Bill and Ethan Hawk mm-hmm. from just about everything, but training day probably is what he's most known for. <laughs> Um, but yeah, their kid is now old enough to be a um, college-aged uh, ice cream employee. Yeah. Yep. yeah, everything sounds nice and normal mm-hmm. um, until well, actually, we you've kind of we forgot a part. When it starts off, we actually start off in Russia. Yes, um, with those dirty, dirty commies, and they're uh, always trying to copy our much superior U.S. Uh, scientific achievements where they're mm-hmm. trying to open the portal to the upside down. Yep. And it fails. Mm-hmm. And so come to find out the Russians come to the U S to see if they can't maybe figure out how to do it on our turf. Yes. So given some spoilers here, it turns out that the mall is just a front uh, to have a giant underground Russian complex that is trying to burrow into the upside down and they're trying to recreate the stuff that was done by um, the scientists at the, the other Institute. Um, and by doing that, they actually cause a blackout um, and they do end up breaking through. And of course, whenever you break through to the upside down, something else comes out. All them upside down people start mm-hmm. hanging out again. Yeah. And this one's the most visual of all the, uh, of all the monsters that have come out uh, from the upside down. Um, yeah. In the first one, you had the Demogorgon. So it was just, you know, just the one alien running around. It's hard to believe we were that scared of them. Um, because <laughs> in the second one, there's tons of them running around. There's the Demo Dogs. Yeah. And they're just running around and causing trouble. And this one is more like like that movie, The Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. it would like, you know, morph into things and like absorb people and stuff. And essentially that's what it does is it, it possesses and takes over part of the town and is kind of reminiscent of Tales from the Body Snatchers or Tales mm-hmm. of the Body uh, Wizard. Yeah, Tales of the Body, the body Snatchers. Yeah. Um, Which is more horror, though, really, at that definitely point. Definitely more horror, yes. So that's what I was coming from, where, you know, season one and two, you know, one was a, it had a very interesting sci fi element to it. It's kind of a mystery, right? And then a thriller. And then you move to two, you see more of the thrillers, thriller state and more story building, but not really that horror, but it's super interesting, right? Mm-hmm, Whereas sure. three, you're saying like it's 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 definitely taking a, a a higher ground for maybe introducing horror into it. More Certainly. horror themes. Yeah. I would say it's not any scarier than the first two. Okay. So I don't think yeah, you need yeah. to worry about like if you felt comfortable watching the first two seasons with your kids, you'll feel comfortable watching them, you know, watching season three. Mm-hmm. There's some goopy monster that looks like the thing, but yeah. there's no like other than it being kind of just gooey and gory in itself. itself. Yeah. 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 Like, it's kind of gory, but it you don't see people getting eviscerated or anything. Like the worst that happens well, is people just kind of melt. Yeah. They, melt. <laughs> yeah, they melt and then kind of join up with them, which is which is weird, but it's you know. Yeah, but how they so, do it is so is so tasteful because I guess the the themes that uh, the themes and the how they do it and the scenes that they do it they sometimes are they make it more awkward but funny but also in a thriller state like it's how they do it it's how they they film the scenes I think there's very well that well done put together. Yep. Do you agree with that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very smart the way it's done. Everything is so tight, 
And this is, it's interesting because it's actually a shorter season by two episodes than the previous two. Uh, it is only eight episodes, whereas the first two were, were 10. Mm. And I think it feels a little tighter uh, because of that mm-hmm. in a good way. Like things keep going. There's not a lot of downtime. They only really focus on the important stuff. Uh, you never really right. feel like they're wasting your time. Not that the first two are like that, but there's times that you could have been like, all right, didn't really need that. Right. But, uh, yeah, just kind of yeah. thinking about like how it's kind of movie inspirations. Like the first season, you had a lot of ET, a lot of it inspirations, but in this one, you got a lot of um, like you said, body snatcher. Uh, yeah, body snatcher. There was some Terminator. Terminator. Uh, there's a Russian agent who runs around <laughs> and has a. He looks just like Arnold. In fact, yep. even uh, so, we didn't even talk about like the other people that are new to the series. So maybe we'll, we'll, we should run through that too. Yeah. Um, so the mayor of the town is kind of colluding with these Russians. You know, take that for what you will. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, if you also notice his uh his sign, his like you know campaign signs, it yeah. has a very distinct. Uh, there's a yeah. distinct look. Yeah. So it's actually the Dread Pirate Roberts from um, Princess Bride, uh, Carrie Ewells, uh, Ellis, and he's um you know he was also in Saw and a couple other things, but he's the mayor of the town and he's colluding with these Russians and um, you know, they, they kind of get found out about that. And so they send out their enforcer that runs around and he's trying to, uh, you know, silence uh, officer Harper or Hopper and, uh, and Joyce. So yeah, he looks totally like the Terminator. He's running around with these huge guns. It's, and he's basically unkillable. Yeah, he's always that like threat that's in the background that mm-hmm. when they're running he around never doing runs. stuff, you're like, yeah, he, he could never be, runs. he could be anywhere. <laughs> he always walks. That's true. He always walks. There's some no Resident Evil too. Yeah, oh, it's, it's definitely some going on. <laughs> it's perfectly definitely. done. So you you can definitely you feel like you're watching part of a Terminator. In fact, it kind of snuck in on me. I'm like, oh man, they're really going after this Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even the part where uh, they shot him, like, oh, he's dead now, and he gets mm-hmm. up and he has the vest on the whole time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he was. Uh, that was. I half expected his face to like fall off and to be metal underneath. Nice. <laughs> Just go all the way. Yeah. But you're you're right. There was certainly some of that. Um, there there was even some of the like pretty in pink. Um, uh, yeah. You know, um, breakfast teenager club stuff. type. Of, yeah, yeah, because they're, now they're all teenagers, so they're kind of giving it that teenage. Uh, you know, angst and everything. They're, they're coming of age film. Yeah, exactly. You know, everyone's dating and they're, you know, everyone's got boyfriends and girlfriends except for Will who doesn't like girls. That's as yeah. much as they say. Right. And, um, and uh, that's kind of it for the, uh, you know, the main kids as far as like kind of where they are. Um, if you remember Billy from last season, he's back. He is the, he kind of, kind of the uh, stole a show this season. Oh, certainly. I, I think especially at the beginning, um, you know, last season he was the mean kid that was racist against Lucas and didn't want his sister Max uh, being with him. Uh, this year he is the hot lifeguard at the pool, the community pool that all the moms are lining up and waiting to see when he, you know, comes out without his shirt on and, you know, takes his position on the lifeguard chair. Um, and he tries to set up a little, uh, you know, side action with uh, one of the moms uh, of the kids 
And, uh, and that's when he gets in a little bit of trouble. Um, it happens right after the Russians break through and he's actually the one that gets infected with stuff from the upside down. So he's, he's patient the one that takes zero. On. Yeah. He is patient zero. And yeah, I think he's a really underrated actor. I actually, when we were talking about new Batman movie, I was thinking he would have been like a great person to consider for, you know, young Batman. Yeah, he'd have been a super young Batman. Yeah. No, he's he's twenty eight, so he's not like that young. He's only but he definitely a plays years younger. his younger characters. Yeah, well, they, they kind of you know they give him that crappy little mustache and the you know <laughs> teased up hair and everything. The mullet, but, yeah. You know, if you put him in like you know a proper you know getup, he would he would certainly could play much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's totally eighties. It's great. He drives a he drives an eighties car. Um, he's got not a Camaro, but kind of like a teased like. I don't even know what, what that hairstyle was, but it, it's straight out. Very of, high, very top, very, a uh, lot of volume. Yeah, very stringy. Probably a lot of uh, grease and stuff in there. A lot of sheen. And then, yeah, yeah that crappy tat, uh, mustache. <laughs> but uh, we also can't conf- conf- uh, forget about our uh, new favorite character. Well, kind of fan favorite character, um, Alexi. Oh, Alexi's great. Yeah, go ahead and tell us about him. Yeah, so Alexei is, uh, we see actually see him in the opening scene. He is a Russian scientist. Um, and he is one of the lucky, unlucky few that get sent to America, which I don't think he gets gets to see much of America, no. um, to work in the underground portion of the mall. Or actually, I think he was actually in a house working on something else when he was found. But, you know, he's, he's one of the lead scientists for the whole portal or gate opening device. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he designed the machine that breaks through. And so he um, he is kind of, I don't know, maybe taken, kind of sort of taken against his will in a sense. Um, but he doesn't want to work for the Russians anymore. Um, falls in love with America, loves Looney Tunes, uh, prefers uh, Cherry uh, yes. Slurpees from uh, He prefers Cherry Slurpee, but he likes Strawberry too. Strawberry will do. <laughs> But yeah, he uh, he he adds a lot of comic relief. He doesn't speak any English, um, and he kind of generally does want to help out and fix whatever problems they're having with their upside down game. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, and the key to all this is well, so they Joyce and uh, and Hopper get Alexi. Now they are both two English speaking. Um, maybe redneck type of folks. Um, and how are they going to communicate with this Russian? Well, it turns out uh, from last season, uh, there we know is, somebody. <laughs> they know someone. Um, so I, I kind of forgot about him. Like I never think about him, but he was great <laughs> in the season. Um, yeah. It's the guy who's kind of off the grid and doesn't want to be found out. And I got, I, I have some feeling now after having watched this, that he was actually like a Russian spy that's just hanging out over here. Because before so? he was, yeah, before, so last season you thought he was an underground, off the grid, dis, you know, didn't want to be, you know, found out by the government, kind of want to be like laying low. But now there's some like motivation for that. Like he might be here illegally and potentially not, you know, even American, you know, because he speaks fluent Russian and he is the one that communicates with Alexei and uh, he calls him comrade, and and either that friendship. He drinks a lot of vodka. He drinks a lot of vodka, but he either blossomed a friendship very quickly with Alexi, or it kind of they kind of ran in the same circles at one point. 
So there there are a few other characters. They're pretty minor roles. I thought um I thought there might be more from Jake Busey. Um, you know, Gary Busey's kid who's uh mm-hmm. part of the Hawkins Post. Uh he shows up and he's the one that's giving uh Nancy, uh, Mike's older sister, uh some trouble cuz this year, uh Nancy and um Jonathan are interning at the local newspaper. And um the bullpen, which is, you know, where all the writers and everything go, they're giving Nancy a ton of trouble. And she's really, it kind of plays that whole thing. Like she's the only one trying to do work and they're just guys smoking and, you know, eating food and not working hard to, you know, uncover the story. So there seems to be a lot of story building with individual characters, a lot of different characters, since there's a lot of different people they're introducing. And of course they have to bring back the old, uh, the old crew as well. Now yep. I know like some some uh, some big time uh, shows do this very very bad where they take all of these complex stories but they can't meld them well very very well together later later in the show. Do they do that very well here? I think that's one of my favorite parts of it is when all the story elements kind of twist and intertwine together right. and they all end up at the same spot and they're all kind of like you know what are you doing here? Mhm. Yeah, they did that great last year where, you know, Dustin and Steve kind of broke off on their own and uh, Mike and Lucas and and, uh, Eleven were off on their own looking for Will. Um, You know, that that was good where they kind of split that all up um, and then they kind of came back together towards the end. Uh, That kind of happens this time, too. Um, Dustin and Mm -hmm. Steve are go off on their adventure, uh, joined by a newcomer, uh, Lucas's uh, younger sister, uh, who is a top negotiator for uh, ice cream for life, I think is what she demands. Yep. Large Um, capitalist. She's very big in the capital. To help them break into the underground Russian um, (laughs) compound that they discover by intercepting um, a Russian communication with Dustin's uh, Cerebro. Ham radio. Everything ties in together. It's it's amazing how they do it, and it's pretty effortless. Um, It's great because uh, he thinks he's intercepting stuff from Russia. turns out. It's right there in in Hawkins. <laughs> so basically, like, would you, you guys see that it's not it's not changing? Like, there's no, I guess there's there's no pattern to to foresee. We're going into season four or five or six. We'd be like, oh, they're doing the same things over and over again. Walking Dead, basically, is terrible, right? But that, <laughs> that but what I'm trying to say is like you can't you can't you can't really discover the pattern of what they're going to do. That's which that's what makes it very well done and put together. And they're thinking about their uh, community and their um uh, the watchers of of the show so so i think that i think you're right i think um they're doing very well by Mm -hmm. by the community well let me just say there's like familiar tones right so they take a lot of inspiration you know brandon brought it up earlier where you know there's terminator and you know body snatchers and the thing uh but there's also red dawn right which is when russians invade america Mm -hmm. and that's a central theme. And I, I was blindsided by the premise of Russians being in the U S right. Like that in was just, Hawkins, Indiana, I was <laughs> not ready for that. And when it happened, it was like, wow, that is very different and very unique from any of the other seasons, but it made perfect sense in this universe. Mm-hmm. It fit right in. Very cool. Very cool. So how about, adding some reviews or maybe uh criticisms or basically like trying to tell other other viewers why you should watch this over maybe other seasons or shows okay well i've certainly got a couple of criticisms and that is 
they really don't spend enough time with all their new characters. Mm. They do not. They they do not. They the the mayor gets a couple uh, scenes, you know, Cariola's, uh, but Jake Busey really nothing. I mean, he's there for maybe ten minutes of screen time tops. Oh. Um, they introduce a girlfriend for Billy, uh, who ends up becoming like assimilated, and she and her whole family are gone. They introduce them all and kind of flesh them out a little bit, and they're all gone within. 15 minutes, I think, um, hmm. of screen time. So, you know, they, they, they build these up, but you don't really get that emotional attachment to any of them. In fact, I think they're kind of jerks, if I remember right. That's- <laughs> a lot of them are jerks. <laughs> so, so you kind of don't care that these people got assimilated into the, uh, into the thing, right? Right. The mind flayer. Right. Yeah, the mind flayer. So, um, and also, you know, the mind flayer, there, there was definitely a cool, like, evil dead type of sequence when the mind flayer attacks the uh uh hopper's um hopper's house so it's like things are breaking open and they're coming in from everywhere else but i never really felt like it was all that dangerous because 11 was able to just handle it every time they came up against it Hmm. right of course the end i see there's no there's no real conflict is what you're trying to say in that, in that point, yeah. At that point. To, to that point. Um, they do, they introduce it, but they introduce it like they do for, this is where it gets a little repetitive. They introduce it like they do for the other ones. Eleven's not around. Oh. So in season one, Eleven was away from the boys and the boys are getting, you know, attacked by the Demigorgon. In the second one, you know, Eleven has run off to go discover who she is and she's mm-hmm. not there to, you know, bail everyone out. And in this one, um, she loses her powers at the end, mm. uh, which mm. is... You know, kind of a shocking thing uh, when that happened. Um, and it really, that was probably the first time I was like, oh, you know, this this could be something. But you never, you know, you, you know where, who the heroes are and how it's going to work out, right? So um, Most of the time. But we, sort we of. could say that the end definitely sets it up in such a way that not everyone's going to be back. In fact, maybe half of the core crew could be gone. Oh, so it's sort of like yeah, a, a Neo waking curious. up sort of sort of thing where he doesn't have powers, right? Where is yeah, that? Is she, that, is she that gets yeah? Affected by the uh, the mind flayer, and then mm-hmm. when she by getting rid of that, she gets rid of her powers too. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of one of those That's depowering strong. things. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really well done. And of course, at the end, you know, there's the sad goodbyes, and and people are leaving, and actually, people are just kind of sick of Hawkins. I think that's. They never really yeah. explain why she leaves, but it sounds like she's just kind of uh, Joyce. I mean, does, do they Jonathan. need an explanation after all they've been through? In this? No, you figure this is the third time. Third time's a charm. We're done. Yeah. Time to get out. Yeah. So to, to recap, Joyce, uh, Jonathan, Will, and Eleven uh, move away um, mm. after, I mean, do, do we drop the, the big spoiler at the end about who's not around anymore? Um. I mean, we didn't say spoiler alert. Yeah, so do it. So Drop Chief, it. Police Chief Hopper uh, apparently dies at the end of the at the end of the episode. Yeah, no. Key, keyword being apparently. Yeah, mm-hmm. apparently it's not on screen, so of course it's never you know actually for sure. Right. In mm-hmm. fact, there's giveaway. a cliffhanger afterwards that could lead you to yeah. believe it. Although I've heard a, an interesting alternative theory for that yeah. too, and I'll, I'll mention that thing. after. This. Is that uh you know when they show the the re- they supposedly die is like destroy this machine and so destroying the machine it vaporizes anybody who's around it. Um, we see everybody who gets vaporized except for him, but they always leave 
a gooey mess behind when they mm-hmm. get vaporized. Yeah. But there is no gooey mess where he was. Yep. Yeah, there's just an and, explosion and you never really know what happened. It was, and there's also a very away. a very conveniently open portal to a safer location sure. <laughs> right behind him. <laughs> Although he spends a lot of time looking at her <laughs> saying, go ahead and That's throw the, the key. Um, right. You know, for that to happen. So, so yeah, so she leaves and that's basically half of the starring cast is not there anymore unless they happen to come back on summer vacation. I feel like they year. may pull an it and have them come back as a kind of deal. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, just a little older, but still the same whole, like we all got to come back and you know help stop this again. Well, they're, they're about a year and a half between seasons right now. So I would think that if you did that, these kids would be somewhere around 18 years old by the time that uh, that would actually come out. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do the, you know, the summer of 86, it's going to be kind of hard to sell them as what, 14 year old kids, 15 year old right. kids. Right. Because <laughs> they looked remarkably older in this series versus Definitely. the previous ones. Like they all grew up. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, and that's, that's what kid actors will do. Right. That's why these are always very tough to, to do. Mm-hmm. what i love to see about these shows is some theory crafting about the lore or something of what has happened like, like you guys just did about officer right so really like people go to the forums they defend their, their specific things uh do you see that a lot with the community around this oh, yeah. on the show yeah oh reddit's, reddit's inflamed right now oh right uh, right <laughs> theories yeah theories and in fact the major theory that i've heard about the so at the end there's a there's a stinger you know the kind of like they do with the marvel movies um yeah. where they they show after the in the middle of the credits that um they're over in russia and they take a prisoner they're at this like uh, prison and they go to grab a prisoner and they're taking them off somewhere and one of the guy goes no don't take the american take the other one right so they, they take the okay. other one they feed them to a demogorgon dog so from season two there it looks like there's one that the russians have been hanging on to so leading to believe, okay, not everything's closed up. Now, you'd have to assume on first watch that that's Hopper, right? Like they they managed to nab him and now they've got him locked away. But I've also heard that they have not totally ruled out that uh, the doctor from season one. Mm-hmm. That's, another, yep, that's what I was thinking too. That he is still out and about and he's a good possibility as someone that they would want to hold on to and, and get information from. Whereas Officer Hopper, you don't really see why he, why would they even want him, right? Like, what is yeah, he going to unless, them? Unless, you know, like we saw in, you know, he went to the, he could have went through the gate there. Mm-hmm. And the only other opened location we would know about is the Russian location we've seen in the beginning. Yeah, so that's he right. he could have found his way to the Russian opening, got back out of the upside down. And that's when he would have probably... I would assume been captured by Russians. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's the he's the person that spent the most time outside of Will in the Upside Down, mm-hmm. and they don't really spend a lot of time on Will and his Upside Downness, other than the I swear his that kid gets goosebumps all the time. He's he's <laughs> got his uh his spider senses. Yeah, that's that's about all that he does. Um, I, I feel kind or of bad for him. He doesn't seem to really have much of a role this this year. So going off yeah. the criticisms that you have, but also you've mentioned so many great things about it with you know this nostalgia purposes, I guess the wardrobe and the music and all of the the, the well done scenes that put together. Like this is definitely a worth watch for anyone. 
as 40 million people have watched. So, mm-hmm. so one, uh, I do want to give one other negative. Oh, yeah. Um, is if you don't like product placement, you there's a lot of that in this season. Mm. But, yeah, but it's like funny product placement. It is. Right? It is very. I mean, very well King. done product placement. They go to they go to Burger King. They've got new Coke. Although, I hope they're not re-releasing new Coke. That would be pretty gross. Uh, there's a reason <laughs> it didn't survive. Uh, but yeah, they they certainly do have some product placement for things that were open, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have a product placement for a movie that was out at the time, uh, in which. Probably the most heartwarming episode, uh, moment of the entire season <laughs> is when Dustin and his his remote girlfriend Susie uh, sing the never-ending story song. Amazing! It was pretty incredible because it happens at one of the most tense moments of the That's of the season a- of the whole season. Yeah, uh, they um, basically stopped to do a, a music number, which is which is great. It's fantastic. Definitely breaks it up. And it's kind of funny because everybody's everybody can hear this musical number because they're all in walkie-talkies and everything. So you see some kind of like looking at each other and they're like, what's going on? Like, there's definitely more important stuff going on right now. You have Joyce in the background banging her head against the wall because, you know, there there's much more important things going on than them singing a song. <laughs> and it's it's great. They yeah, did it very it's, well. It's perfect. It, yeah. it, it's good in that way, that, that scene. And I would say the shorter season... Um, People should take note of that. Eight episodes felt right. Um, yeah, they had to probably they probably had to leave some stuff on the the cutting room floor that I'm complaining about. Some of the people that didn't get fleshed out, but it made for a snappier, you know, smoother flow of the show. So I'm I'm happy with that. Yep. All in all, I would say uh, it's a must watch if you mm-hmm. you know, especially if you have Netflix. Yeah, I can't imagine having Netflix and and, and passing on this. I think. But- I think it may have been my favorite show to watch so far this year. There you go. Very yeah, nice. I would have said it was tight consideration between that and Game of Thrones, but you know, we all know how Game of Thrones ended. Oh, uh, yeah. My, Come on. My hopes are for, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, but, you know, think about when season one of Stranger Things comes out. You know, that's season five of Game of Thrones, which is probably like top notch Game of Thrones, right? So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So at that looking, time, it was really close. Back looking, and forth. Okay, if I was like, favorite. thinking beforehand, I'd have been like, "Oh, I think Game of Thrones will be way better." Mm-hmm. But uh, here we are now, and I'm like, "Wow, Game of Thrones sucked." Yeah. No. Hopefully, we're not saying that about Never Ending Story and how much better some other show is. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't watched Cobra Kai the second season yet, so yeah, we'll yet. like to all talk about that at a later point. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, it's been real. Very. All right, signing off. See ya. Go get you a new Coke. <laughs> you can find Bye. it. The We Talk Nerd podcast is part of the Pixel Pub Gaming community. For more information regarding our community and the games we play, please visit pixelpubgaming.com. Join our Discord partnered community. Gain XP for chatting, earn levels, and enter our giveaways. Please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash pixelpub. The We Talk Nerd podcast is made possible because of listeners like you. Support us by sharing this podcast with your friends and leaving us a five-star review. See you, nerds.